ladies, gentlemen, goofballs, scumbags, boys and girls. The boys and girls usually goes first, sorry. This is episode 46 of the Football Misfits. I am your host, LV, a.k.a. Paper Fronto, a.k.a. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a.k.a. Buck Nasty. And I'm sitting here with the one, the only, Ronnie. Please say it was good for the one time. What's good for the one time, everybody? Stay strong, be brave. I'm also sitting here with Mr. Data Desk himself, the man to catch you in the lies, Spencer Povich. Y'all know him as Spencer, and so do we. Spencer, say it was good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love, peace and love. And usually, this is where the introductions would end, but guess what, y'all? We got something special for y'all. We have the father of blue do-rags himself, Marcus Blackford, <laughs> David Blackham. We saw him on episode 10 of the Footy Misfits, one of our most listened to episodes. He is the father of our intro theme music. Ladies and gentlemen, let me get a big air horns for the one, the only, H-Man Coker. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what up, everyone? What up? Um, that was a brilliant, brilliant coming right there, LZ. Thank you so much. Uh, again, big 46 episode. Thank you so much for having me. You know what that blue reminds me of? Crips. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say Crips. That's where I was going. I was gonna say the Scotland national team, but okay, Crips. Oh no, not the Scotland national team. <laughs> that was, that was great, great transition. Great transition. Great transition. Should we talk about how the Scotland national team is not great? Watch. Wait what? before we get. Wait before we get to that. A song about to get jumped by a bunch of dudes in kilts. <laughs> well, before we recorded, um, you said okay. that like uh, their game against England was your favorite, no? No, whoa, the favorite game in the league? No, hell no. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that game was a waste of my time, yo. I was texting OV and I was like, yo, this game is like, I could have done a lot of other things. I could have taken like five walks around my neighborhood. I could have like literally just like go to downtown Brooklyn and just like being Trader Joe's for a little bit, you know? But I watched that game though. That game was just like missed opportunities and just crashed. Like, and then a penalty that Raheem Sterling should have had. I know we have some haters here that will say no if it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I actually, I actually have the quote from my text messages with H. Coker right here. He says, and I quote, Scots are the ops. They paid that ref. <laughs> they paid that ref to not call that penalty. H. you stand by that, right? What you just said there. Most definitely, most definitely. I'm like, bruh, I feel like they work together. They probably went to the bars after that. Like, the Scotland team went to the bars with the referee. Like, huh? Phil Collins? Yeah, Phil Collins probably played in the piano. <laughs> Not the game Paradise Face ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game was a doozy. I definitely watched all 90 minutes. Harry Kane, man. Yeah. Harry Kane. Subbed off in the 78th, 78th minute or something like that. Didn't have many touches or many shots. Uh, I'm not sure if he had any at all. Now, I should mention before we get to it that the game did finish. Yeah, you guessed it. Nil-nil. Not a goal in sight. So if that wasn't your game of the week, so what was? Oh, the Germany and Portugal, man. That was mm. The reason why is because I love how, like, Ronaldo strike back for that goal. We scored that goal. I was like, oh, nice. This is a good game. Tied it. And then after that, it just went up from there. It just stopped, never stopped going on them. Like, <laughs> it was, I was not expecting it to go that way. I was expecting Portugal to just come out and just like be on the other side and have four goals. But then it was Germany who had four goals. But, now, it's crazy because I thought this game would be tight. Germany, they were the better team from start to finish despite Portugal scoring two. Yeah. Ball possession. I was like, damn, Portugal's still playing? They just look like they're just chilling in the 18 and trying to get scored on. <laughs> like, the half of the game was basically just, like, playing half, like, midfield and just, like, they were just, like, literally retreating. That um, Ronaldo goal that came out of the corner with Bernardo Silva leading the counterattack, I said from jump, he needed to do something in his Euros that will make me get excited, and he did it with that counterattack. He found Diego Zota, and then Ronaldo, boom. But I don't know, man. All that was cool and all, but those two own goals? Yeah, Ronnie, I think you said something about uh, own goal being the top scorer in this competition. That's Manchester crazy. United, sign them up. 
yo, sign him ASAP. He is killing it, <laughs> killing the game. Oh no, wearing mad different jerseys and all that. But they did give up the two own goals, Ruben Diaz, which it was Robin Gossens. We'll talk about him later. Finding Kai Havertz, but it went off of Diaz's leg, and then the second goal was Rafael Guerreiro. That Portuguese backline looked like they got exposed against Germany, according to some people. I feel like they're definitely missing a guy like Jao Cancelo. Aye. Though some of those mistakes probably wouldn't have happened had he been there. And then giving up two more goals the way they did. Robin Gossens finding Kai Havertz again for the third goal. This was in the second half. I felt like those two linked up quite often this match. Then Robin Gossens himself scores in the 60th minute. Portugal gets one consolation goal, but 4-2 winners, Germany. We were talking about this earlier. Robin Gosens ate. And he's yeah, been right. eating throughout this Euros when you really look at it. Absolutely. I, I was talking to my brother, the uh, the gentrified Gunner, via text message. And in the, their first match against France, which France obviously won 1-0, he was going ahead and cooking Robin Gosens. like, Gosens? He was talking about Germany's uh, defensive uh, setup, three at the back to wing backs. He's like, look at these guys, Gosens. And as soon as he said his name, from that moment on in the France match, this guy Gosens has been almost player of the tournament. And he saw that against Portugal. Um, but Ronnie, I think, I feel like not only did Gosens eat, which he definitely did, but the biggest issue for Portugal defensively, I feel like was, and Nelson Semedo I think was the biggest thing there. We clearly saw Gosens and Kai Havertz linking up on Portugal's uh, right-hand side, their, Germany's left. And my boy Semedo looked like he was running in circles. I think every goal came from that side. Obviously, Gosens assisted a bunch of them, including the own goals, if you want to call it that. Um, and then finally scoring that last header, all, also on the left side, leaving Semedo left like for dead. And I think it may have come from the fact that, you know, Semedo feeling like he may have to compensate for Pepe's lack of pace and maybe overcompensating and staying on the inside a bit more. But whatever he had going on there, he, he played a terrible game. And, it looked to me that, aside from him, I mean, they looked like they were able to score. They looked threatening when they had the chance, but Germany just came out swinging. They came out to play. And yeah, like I said, that would probably be a position normally occupied by Joao Cancelo. Some of those mistakes wouldn't have happened if you had Joao Cancelo there. Again, I'm so good that Juve let him go. Yeah, he's turning he's turned into a, a formationless player. You can put him anywhere, coach. But, yeah, I mean... That, that was what it was. Germany 4, Portugal 2. I want to ask y'all, start with H-Man. What do you guys think this means for Germany? Are, are, was that just a one and done, or are they, are they, do they mean business this tournament? Yo, I was really just about to say, is Germany back? Like, is Germany, like, the – is this World Cup Germany again? But I feel like it was, like, probably mishaps from Portugal, though. I'm going to be a hater. You know, I always come to y'all's show and hate because <laughs> – Listen, that's what we're here for. I love it. I mean, you love it. Newcastle fans might not, but yes. I am wearing Newcastle colors, Foot Locker. You know? <laughs> Newcastle Brown Hill, Foot Locker. No, but um, I just think it might be the only one of the few games. I don't. I can't put my money in Germany yet, but how they played was they really came out to like beat them like immediately. They were not playing around. Like they, it was a must win. It was a must win. It was a lot of shots on goals, even in the half by halftime. I looked at like the team and I'm like, this team is not playing around. Like, like the strikers and how much they shoot, they were shooting on goal. Um, I think they just they might go far, but I still can't put my full money on them though, because I'm, you can't like Germany. What turns this group upside down is the fact that Hungary was able to grab a point on France. <laughs> Ooh, great transition on that one as well. But I said earlier off the pod that it wasn't the best game, but. Thinking about it, seeing Hungary come out swinging and France trying to have to manage that was very entertaining to see. And Hungary did draw blood first. And that's the kind of things you love to see at a major tournament. See the big boys sweating. And speaking of sweating, before we get to the nitty gritty, it was hot as hell over there in Budapest. So <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Hot as hell for more reasons than one wink, wink. <coughs> but uh, um, the first goal, I don't know what the French defense was doing. Specifically, Varane and Pavard. They just let Fiola just make a run into the box and score. Hungry behind the home crowd. They're going to get hype and all that stuff like that. They almost assassinated a sideline reporter. 
when they were celebrating, but that's neither here nor there. But Antoine Griezmann saved France's life, I guess you could say. Oh, Hugo Lloris did too, and Mbappe. That goal that came was ridiculous, but yeah. That's how it ended, 1-1. There were moments that, you know, you were kind of concerned. They subbed off Pogba, and I mean, we all, we all know France has a wealth of talent. A lot of West African French dudes. Technique for days, running for days. But it just seemed that whenever they get into dangerous positions, they just kind of kick the ball back uh, and you know, try to reset up. Conte. You heard it there first from Spence himself. Spencer Povich <laughs> bigging up N'Golo Conte, a.k.a. the employee of the decade. But, yeah, it, it, looked, it just looked like France sort of, they weren't, tra- like they weren't switching you know, fields enough. They were getting into dangerous positions, but not often enough. Giroud came on and you know, was hoping to get some headers, and it just didn't happen for him. Mbappe did have a wild late chance. But the game finishes 1-1, and now the group is looking very interesting because we have Germany playing Hungary on the final match day, and Portugal and France, the heavyweight matchup, they got to go at each other's necks. So do we think that Germany could sneak through and drop out Portugal by chance? At time of recording, France are in first with four points. Germany and Portugal are level on three. The tiebreaker obviously goes to Germany, and Hungary has one point. Germany should beat Hungary easily, despite Hungary being able to steal a point from France, even to the point where they could have taken all three from France. But yeah, the France-Portugal game is going to be the deciding, it's going to be the decisive match. So if Germany wins that game against Hungary, they will be on six points, and let's and they would win the group, assuming that France-Portugal draw, or if Portugal win against France. Kind of throwing everybody's bracket out of whack. I know, uh, well, you and I have either Portugal or France going to the cup. And the way Germany's sneaking up over here, they look like they might shake it up real early. But to be fair, I'm not surprised. Because, yes, Germany have been having their struggles going into this. They are at home, which is definitely a help. On paper, all these talents are good. And then you have breakout stars like a Robin Gosens. You have Kai Havertz, Manuel Neuer... He's always going to be a breaking goal whenever the German defense is playing well. So, and then you still have your talented frontman, like Sergio Gnabry. You have Thomas Müller still out there. So, yeah. I'm not really all that surprised right. that Germany are probably going to get out the group. But yeah, now I mean, let's 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 talk about. I mean, in my opinion, the real reason why that is because Joachim Love finally listened to you and I, and brought back his big boys, and Thomas Müller and uh, Mats Hummels. Honestly, you know, you might, might have to just thank the Misfits, but maybe that's just me trying to take a little bit too much credit. But, yeah, me personally, I didn't even have Germany uh, coming out of the group. I had them finishing third, but it wouldn't be enough points to be one of the four best third-place teams to get forward. And it looks like they are absolutely going to tear that apart. But who knows? Final day. We saw Hungary versus France. They looked hungry. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and let, let my uh, Hungarian super, super tell you, uh, Hungary is going all the way, so. Lots to be to be seen, you know, in this uh, this group of death, which is giving us much more entertainment than uh, we might have anticipated. Speaking of disappointments in my bracket, uh, having Turkey go further than I figured they would, uh, they heard that and said, nah, we are good over in Group A. So before today, it's not when we're recording, they played Switzerland, but before that game happened, they played Wales. Again, Another situation like Germany, Azerbaijan is like right next to Turkey. You think, oh, they'll have home field advantage. Clearly, they did not, <laughs> apparently. So Aaron Ramsey puts in a goal, of all people. And then Connor Roberts in the second half adds another one in added time. Two nothing winners are the Welsh. But you go to today's game. Turkey did get a goal, but they got washed by Switzerland. Let's call it what it was. They yep. got washed. Washed by Shakiri. Shakiri with a double, a brace, two, a pair, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, man, that man with his hair plugs. Got the hair plugs, don't know how to act no more. His first goal was a, a curler, a ridiculous curler, short, stocky, like Ray Rice, the white version, if my NFL head's there. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, Turkey with a grand old zero points from three matches. <laughs> Yeah, they are done. They at least they got a goal in this tournament. Yeah. But I'm disappointed. Me me too, fam, and that's what I'm trying to say. I have I'm very disappointed. I have my bracket going far, and all those things you mentioned, Ronnie, they have sort of home field advantage. We saw in the Wales game. Azerbaijan is right there. You know damn well there's not no Wales fans over there in that crowd. 
they ain't trying to get beat up in, in a country with some some slight civil unrest. But I feel like it was, it's not even just that. Like, Ilmaz would barely get balls fed to him. So that's one mess up right there. Mm-hmm. Pakan Chalinoglu was quiet as hell this tournament. Yes, and he's the big one, big reason for me because he's a, he's a very talented player. Yes. He has great vision, can pass the ball, can finish from outside the box. And we haven't seen any of that this tournament. That's what I'm exactly. I, I agree with you. I'm most disappointed in him. You see what he does at, at AC Milan, one of their best players. Yeah. And yet he comes into the Euros and just lays an egg with Turkey. Cengiz yes, Under as well. I was really hoping he would have a good performance at these Euros, but no. Yep. Well, you and I had Turkey coming out their group into the knockout stages, and guess what? That is not happening. Another team in this group, of course, that has been putting in, on an absolute show, giving everybody that work. The Italians, led by Roberto Mancini, who have, haven't conceded a goal in how many games? I can't remember. I saw a stat today saying that Donnarumma has more clean sheets than he has saves in this tournament. The man hasn't sniffed the ball. He's just chilling. So Italy okay. has been washing their opponents in this whole run-up to the Euro and in the Euro itself. We saw the game against Turkey. They took care of Turkey with no problem. Then against Switzerland, Manuel Locatelli had himself the match. He just put himself on the market. Yes, sir. And then Chile Mobile added a third goal, making it 3 nothing there. And then today, um, they only needed one against Wales, but it, it sufficed. Matteo Pessinha. They got theirs early and showed how to defend. They've, they've just shown that they've got the quality to defend, to control a game, and take care of business. They got their goal early on. Wales went down a man. And Italy was so confident, they subbed <laughs> off their goalkeeper. Donnarumma for Salvatore Sirigu. I didn't even know this guy was still alive. <laughs> Bam, come on. Like, these guys are in a, they're in a groove. Mancini's got them playing wonderfully. A bunch of young cats that, you know, a lot of folks may have, that don't watch Serie A may not have heard of. Uh, Locatelli didn't even feature today. Uh, Tiro Mobile hasn't featured. Both guys who scored goals. They kept a bunch of their, their heavy hitters on the bench. The Italians feeling so confident at this point. Uh, Italy taking care of business. And, of course, we saw the return of Marco Verretti. Yes. Who I, was, I, we, I think we're, we're, we're in agreement that this is probably their best player, the guy who, maybe not their best player, but the guy who connects the defense to the midfield, has the vision, can break down defenses with his pass, and missed the first two matches. And they, they didn't, didn't even look like he missed a step. He didn't even miss I'm, a step when he came back. He looked good. And I think he, I think he had the assist for the opening goal. It was a set piece. Um, and it was a little near post ball, something you, you can tell that they clearly practiced in training. And Pacino was there to put it away. A simple tap. Goalkeeper looked at it like, well, <laughs> there it goes. So, yeah, big goes to Italy. Uh, H-Man, any thoughts on any of this? You got any thoughts about Italy cook it, cooking? Nine points from nine in three games? Nah, yeah, Italy's been really great. I'm a little surprised because – I'm not surprised because they're, like, we're kind of, like, my third favorites going in, actually – what? Because number one, unfortunately, it has to be England. But like three lines is coming home. Ribena FC. We are, oh right, right. You already know. You already know. But uh, Italy has been really great. Like uh, they playing like um vintage Italy. I didn't know about the Italy team as much, but I've been learning more. Like they really stack, and all these games have just been like they playing a team that doesn't match up to them. It's like they just really run through teams. I was thinking that's gonna happen with France. What they doing was what I expect with France, and Italy is doing what I expected for France and Belgium. <laughs> so it's like it's kind of like different now from when I watch it. Yeah, and against tougher competition, it seems at least. Um, now, one thing's for certain that I'm checking, I'm seeing here is that both Spencer and I have Italy bouncing after the quarterfinals to Belgium if things work out the way they work out. Now, our boy Ronnie here. As them going a bit deeper out in the semifinals to the eventual champions, who may not even get out the group at this point, but we'll see. We shall see. Things are getting entertaining, and uh, you can tell just by the way the brackets are set up. That was going to be my question. Are you guys sticking to it? In my opinion, I think what I've seen from Italy in these three games, regardless of who they play, they look absolutely in control. They look confident. They're not even giving teams a chance to, to score, like to shoot against them. The goalkeeper is chilling. Donnarumma's tying his shoelaces, untying them, checking Instagram, just hanging out. It looks like he's a spectator as well. So they are in control of games defensively. They know how to, you know, attack the spaces. I saw, 
Alessandro Del Piero on ESPN today talking about attack the space, attack, attack, attack. And they're doing exactly that. So they just look very confident. And when you see a team like that, you know, we saw with Chelsea in the Champions League, the team that defends the best and can take care of business and control the game is the team that usually will win. Obviously, that's not a guarantee, but hey, my bracket's wrong. I think Italy's going to go far. I'm holding firm that they're going to make it as far as the semifinal. I feel like they can upset Belgium, who a lot of people aren't even talking about making it deep into this Euros, but we saw that they had the return of KDB against Denmark, which he was a key difference. But despite that, I feel like this Italy team, they're tactically sound. Roberto Mancini knows what he's doing. No one's made out of glass, bro. So they made of glass. Clearly, they're, none of those guys are made of glass. <laughs> you know, Michael Rich is on that squad. They're just old, some of them. Not made of glass. Right. But they but have the right mixture of old, I think. I, I feel the like right they mixture. do. Perfect way of putting it. So I think they, they'll make it to the semifinal. And if they had a third place game in this shit, they probably would win that. But since they don't, semifinals and out. H-Men. So you said they're third, fourth favorites of yours. How far do you think they'll make it? What they doing right now? I could see them stopping at the semifinals. I could just see them that being the end of Italy. I hope people don't come back at me and be like, "Oh my God, I won the whole Euros." Are you, you, you think they're beating England? Well, well, um, yeah, I still got to root for England. <laughs> I know. And oh, yeah, I got to call you out for this, man. You were laughing mad hard in the last episode about England winning the first game. <laughs> Like, um, you know how hype I was this year? Like, I was like, yo, like the first. That's a crazy stat. That's a crazy stat. That is a crazy stat. I've never, I I didn't even think about that. But the fact they never won a match before. A lot of stars, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think um, Italy was stopping in the semifinals. Sounds pretty fair. I just think one of these teams is hasn't picked up yet is gonna pick up and just start winning like the next games. Like I I don't think France or Hungary like that would happen twice. Like, I don't no, that's a good point. Good point. I yeah. think uh and we, we even saw that as Ronnie mentioned before with uh Belgium Denmark. All it took was the return of Kevin De Bruyne. He, he comes on at halftime and it's a completely different game. Uh Denmark came out swinging. They looked a much better team and scored within a minute. Yosef Paulson and you just you just could tell you know they're playing in Copenhagen. Uh, they're saying that you know Christian Eriksen is staying at a hospital just next to the uh, the stadium. Yo, it literally is that close. It's the stadium here, a park in between, and the hospital. That is wild. That's wild. That's so, not. I mean, yeah, about Copenhagen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my homie Copenhagen. <laughs> it's H worldwide H man. You know we global. But um, yeah, in the first half it looked like Denmark. They could have scored, you know, two, maybe three goals. And all Belgium does, Roberto Martinez goes, hey, KDB, you ready? Go on. Like some sort of wolf or something like that. He came on at the very jump, assists the goal, and then comes on and scores a screamer from over, you know, 25 yards out, just outside the box. And you can just see that Belgium looked more confident in the way that they were playing with him there. Lukaku, who's been playing good. Uh, we saw Aiden Hazard kind of up his game a bit. And in that goal that KDB scored in the, in the second half, it was just a beautiful like link up, a lot of good interplay, one touch passing, finish it with KDB, and there goes the goal. So, I mean, you're right in that in that, in that sense that you know we got teams that have yet to wake up, even though Belgium has got two wins from two, but they can still take things to another level. With France, for example, Portugal still got a chance, but it's going to be tough at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's going to be tough, but it, it'll be interesting at that. Nothing against Romelu Lukaku, but because of what we were saying about Kevin De Bruyne. He should have been the star of the match that game. Because literally once he came on at half, the whole mood shifted to Belgium's favor, as we were saying. I'm not taking anything away from Lukaku, but in that game in particular, it was all KDB. Shout out Stormzy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he, he don't like that. He do not like that. But no, Kevin De Bruyne should have been the star of the match. But that's neither here nor there. Romelu Lukaku got it. And Belgium won. That group is not even fully etched in stone that Belgium will win the group. It's still possible that Russia and Finland could top the group, depending on how their matches go on the final match day. Um, Russia did beat Finland in the second match day, and won nothing. Russia. Oof, I hope we don't get another uh, Russian theme song, national theme song. I'm about, get, I'm about to get arrested if I ever go to Russia. Uh, Russian national anthem. But no, that's Group B for you. 
Denmark, they're, they're not out of it despite having zero points. They're probably in a position where they're going to have to hope for one of the best third-place teams to make it far if they do end up getting the win and finishing third. But we'll see how that plays out for Did the Dane. Group C is pretty interesting. The Netherlands already won the group. North Macedonia is already eliminated mathematically. So Austria versus Ukraine is going to decide the whole group. Well, decide who comes out in second, at least. North Macedonia is out? Yes, they're mathematically eliminated, sir, yes. Oh, wow. Zero points from two matches. Uh, two hard-fought matches, two entertaining matches. And they have the gift of playing the Netherlands in the last match, though. See, like, there look you, you made it. Not going far doesn't matter to um, people from there. It's probably like they made it, you know? I respect that, too. Man, that's a fact. If you're a small nation and you make a big tournament like this, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Do you see how Scotland was celebrating? They celebrated the draw against England like they won this shit. <laughs> for a second, I thought you said Stalin. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> a tie with um, Scotland for England is like a loss. But, like, Scotland took that like they won the World Cup. I'm like, you know, <laughs> thing, countries like this, you'd be like, oh, you made it. Okay, I'm happy. I'm a hype boy. But, yeah, it, it means so much. And Scotland hadn't been in the Euro since, what, 96? 96. <laughs> like, they haven't been in a long time. So it's it's like, funny because England were in their group in 96. What's interesting, what's interesting is, I think, Ronnie, you pointed out that England and Scotland have only played each other eight times since then, which I'm not sure is, is a lot of matches for, for that long of a span. But uh, nah, it, is, it, it does feel like a derby, basically, when, whenever they come and you can just tell the, the energy was there. I think for Scotland, the big difference for them, Kieran Tierney was back in the side, the Arsenal man, and uh, they just looked a bit more compact, a, a bit more controlled defensively. Honestly, it, we talk about France and Hungary, France switching the ball too slow. England will push up, get by the 18-yard line, you know, just outside the box, and just pass it back to Declan Rice and then back to Jordan Pickford. And then they would just do it all over again. And it was that like, was weird. That's exactly what was happening. I'm like, yo, what type of game is this? You only want to score? Like, attack. I'm like, <laughs> I like how we just smoothly transitioned into Group D because now that we're talking about this, I want to talk about how Jaden Sancho is getting oh, snubbed. Ooh. <laughs> yep, Southgate slander time. Southgate slander time. Let's I mean, do it. So as we all know, Ronnie just pointed out so eloquently, Jaden Sancho, one of the premier young English talents out there, cooking for BVB. Man United over here trying to pay everything and his mama. Arm, leg, head, arm, leg, leg, head. What the five percent say? Trying to pay all of that for Jaden Sancho. <laughs> and Gareth Southgate has yet to feature the kid in both games. In the first match, as we pointed out, I believe, Sancho wasn't even on the bench versus Croatia. Nowhere to be found. And then in match two, sat on the bench, 90 minutes, didn't even sniff the pitch. And when instead you saw guys, Marcus Rashford made an appearance. Uh, Phil Foden was subbed off. And who came on? Not Jaden Sancho, but the English wonder kid, Jack Grealish, is getting much more time. So I mean, I get that brings us to the, the the question. Well, one, why is this happening? What do you what do you think is the reason? Does Does Southgate clearly think that Grealish is the better player? Well, I will say Grealish should get his playing time, but in terms of Sancho, if you're not going to start him, at least bring him in at some point. As Spencer says, Grealish is too old to be a wonder kid. That's very <laughs> true, but he is good. A wonder vet, if you will. He's very good. But Sancho is a perfect age to be a wonder kid, I would say. But no, um... Is it because he's the most handsome English player since David Beckham? Is that what's going on? Is it because he plays in the Bundesliga? Ah, uh, hey. And I mean, that, that could very well be true. I'm trying to think, because we saw Jude Bellingham... I can't, get... I can't find... Oh, yeah, sorry, got dropped. Bellingham did play in the game against Croatia, sure, but he played garbage time. Two minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> that was literally for an accolade. Exactly, an accolade that was since broke. Right. As Spencer says, Lukaku sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can leave that <laughs> I would never. I would never talk about Lukaku. She's unmuted. We have Spencer. We have Spencer. No, but um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find reasons for why Sancho's not playing. Because Is it because he's in the Bundesliga? Is it because he's more handsome? Is it because you're just like Phil Foden more? I don't know. And I think uh, it could be because, like, we we see how strong the English media and the English press is. I'm sure, H man, you can you you can you know about this. 
very well. We also we we saw what they did with Lukaku stars. <laughs> the English media is no joke. We saw um, Jack Grealish has been getting a lot of talk. Hey, Jack Grealish, this Jack Grealish has got to start. Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish, and um, Sancho has been has proven himself well, not in the Premier League or on the international stage as much yet to be one of the top talents in you know in the world, young talents if you will, and maybe especially for England, um, but. Yeah, H man. I mean, what do you think? What do you think is the reason for that? You think Sancho just isn't good enough, or Southgate is over here bullshit? Is it racist? I'm just kidding. I don't think we are. <laughs> I think they're bullshit. Why is Foden getting that much time? They are about the same age. Their stats are similar, um, but obviously one of them made it to the Champions League final, and then one didn't. Uh, but yeah, that's a great question. Foden's getting ticks in uh, on a ticks lot of time right? starting at this point. A lot of time, and, 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 and Sancho's not even go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I don't like with the Croatia game. Like he did good. He did a like he didn't play as much as uh, the hype that I've heard. Right. Like I would argue and say he wasn't even that good in in the first two games uh, was, when he played. I was being nice, but like <laughs> <laughs> he's being nice. <laughs> I was, like well, the I was English so propaganda. That's better. Why did you get in so much time? Like, That's a great question, and I think if the only. Like logical thing I can think of, obviously after these two games, Southgate definitely has to you know consider some things. England is not in the best position for them. Nothing is guaranteed at this at this point, despite having one win uh, and a draw, four points. But um, yeah, the only thing I can think of logically why he started Foden over Sancho or Foden was getting more time than Sancho is because he got the Paul going here. Well, there you go. He looks like Paul Gascoigne, the, the greatest English player ever. They say. I didn't say he got to look English enough to play for the start. <laughs> he doesn't look English enough. You don't look Davy Beckham looks. <laughs> but I, but on a serious note, I think it's because it's probably only, as Ronnie, you said before, that because Phil Foden has the Premier League experience. I don't know what that means on the international stage. Because I'm saying, like, that's a different league. This is right. Your right. So I'm not sure. But I feel like that's the only real reason for me. And maybe he feels like Foden fits a little better. But... I don't know. I mean, I, like, we'll see what happens game three. Uh, if you look at the cycle or the trajectory, Sancho didn't make it on the bench for the first game. Second game, he's on the bench. Maybe he plays in the third game. Off the bench. More minutes, though. Not like those 10-minute things that they'd be doing. Like, oh, the garbage time man. bullshit. Yo, why did Marcus Rashford He came in. Marcus Rashford looked like he don't even want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's like he's thinking about Palestine or some other shit. Like when, like he's thinking about everything else that's happening in the world, than being playing soccer. Then he just looks like he's out of it. Like he does not want to be there. And then he comes in, got a few touches and fall down. I'm like, damn, son, he does not want to play. Rashford got more things uh, on his mind. He's got to save hungry children. Yeah, and, uh, really talk with Jay Z. He's like thinking, I'm gonna help UNICEF after this. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying, I am, I am UNICEF. <laughs> Soccer, so immature. <laughs> Real quick, um, go ahead, go ahead. does Scotland beat Croatia? I don't know. I think Croatia might come out with <laughs> Scotland. Uh, one. I, I think if anything, the game finishes in a draw. That's the most Scotland they get. Um, I could see that. I could also see Scotland winning because Croatia is just, they're not convincing. We saw it against the Czech Republic. They're not convincing. Yeah, and this group looks like the, this is the unconvincing group. <laughs> Except the Czech Republic, they actually look pretty decent. Uh, but everyone else looks, where, where, like, they haven't been uh, informed that they're playing in the Euros. Everybody looks kind of confused. Uh, Harry Kane's been getting a lot of shit, and, I mean, fair. He said it himself, he's fully fit. He's ready to play, yada, 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 but uh, no touches on the ball for the most part. He's not getting much action. Although you can argue, you know, the their only goal in the tournament so far, the Ryan Sterling goal, he did create the space, being a striker. Yeah, whatever. Uh, if you want to get a uh, soccer head about it. But, yeah, Kane hasn't been playing well. Sterling hasn't been playing well despite scoring a goal. I think he played pretty well against Croatia. But, you know, uh, wishy-washy at best. Um, but, yeah, England looking a little funny style, man. I don't know. H-Man, no, yeah, no bias pick. Where do you think England uh, finishes in their group? Okay. Uh, right now, they're sitting. Czech Republic is first place with four points. Uh, England is tied also, has four points. They put there in second place based on goal difference. And Croatia is sitting in third with one point. With Scotland tied with them with a smaller goal difference of one point. Where do you think England finishes? 
They play on their final day, the Czech Republic, joint yeah, top um, at the group. That's going to be a W. Harry Kane has to prove himself. Um, he's the captain, but he got to be Harry Kane and tie him. Um, you but, for a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for many hat tricks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, literally, um, I feel like Harry Kane, hopefully he gets the time to find it because how it goes in the Euro League with England's team, it's like, I feel like, the captains just go back home and then they find it in the, in the Premier League somewhere and they don't find it in the Euro League. So it's like, um, but like, long story short, what I'm saying, England is still going to come out on top. You know. I, I saw I saw a tweet where somebody had said, Harry came mad because he's not playing against Panama and Tunisia so he can score seven, <laughs> 17 goals in the group stage. Oh my God. Yo, I really want him to like do more, man. He's been... He's been really missing out there. Like I'm, like I'm like, oh, you just call Harry Kane's name after like six touches or seven minutes into the game. Like it's like he's not he's not touching the ball enough. Do you think they should start another forward instead of him in the, in the third game of the the game against Czech? You think Rashford should get the start? Yes. I'm bringing. <gasps> <laughs> H man, aka Marcus Blackford, says Marcus Rashford has to start his twin. Yeah, why not? Title. Why is he not starting? Like, why is that guy not starting? Because he's he's <laughs> too busy being the United Nations. Basically, we're like, damn. So who helped the team so much? Him, him, and um, how can't you just come come on like after halftime? Okay, I'm going to relegate the captain to the bench. I'm not sure right now, but like on this one and how the games have been going, LV, I'm sorry, bro. I know this is one of your favorite players, but I think if you switch it up a little bit, put that guy right after halftime coming, he could be a captain from the bench. And then like someone someone could switch the captain band or whatever. Like, you know what? Like when he comes in, take the captain Man off, like just give it to him. You want to, you want to be a, a player coach like Chauncey Billups? No, <laughs> do not listen. Like I gotta tell everyone right now, Spencer is wobbling on the chat. He's riding a lot of hate. hate <laughs> like no one's watching, seeing this alive. But um, listen though, Harry Kane has not been proving it though. So I feel like I've seen Marcus Rashford like touch the ball more times in the little times that he's been in. Oh, except for the Harry Kane setup. But I think Marcus Rashford should play more games. Play All right, more. Ronnie, what do you say about that? It's England, so to be fair, I don't care. To be fair, I don't care. Oh, shit. But we're talking about all this Harry Kane struggling stuff. With a little caveat, are these, you know, transfer out of Spurs talk getting into his head a bit? That's a great question. I mean, he did say he, did say he wanted to have it settled and sorted before the Euro started. And look at where we are. The well, Euros, and he's still a spur player. It was never was, gonna happen. Never. Does he know who he's dealing with? There? Daniel Levy. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that. That's be a great a, question. That's a great like, point. Like, wow, because I was expecting him to play like Harry Kane, and um, he's been like a ghost in the shell lately. So it's, like, it's coming. Oh, I know he's Harry Kane still. I know it's in there. And for everyone that will listen to this, I am not shitting on Harry Kane. <laughs> Damage control. Yeah, it's control. I mean, well, hey, man, you have a good PR team if you do manage to um, escape the Scott Free. H-Man <laughs> uh, uh, about to crash the episode. It can't go out. <laughs> to your point, Ronnie, I thought it'd be the exact opposite. He knows where he wants to go. He wants to leave Spurs. There's been talks of, uh, oh, why don't teams just get Erling Haaland, who's much younger and looks just as deadly, if not more deadly. <laughs> um, you know, and he... I figured he might come into this swinging, guns are blazing, goals are plenty, letting folks know, hey, listen, I'm 28. I might be 28 in July, but I'm still the best there is at this point, or close to it. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, it looks to be the, you know, the fact that this entire saga is happening that it might be getting to his head a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, it might not be the big issue with Harry Kane in this Euros, but that could be part of the problem. Well, I guess um, we shall see as as the, the games move forward. Czech Republic, a huge game for them. Did we talk about the Patrick Schick goal from well beyond the halfway line? He pulled the David Beckham on Scotland. Against Wimbledon, yes, sir. Jeez. Ridiculous. No. That was Amazing. A, that was a goal of the tournament, yeah? Yeah. That game against Scotland. 
he had that headed chance before that second goal, which was impressive in its own right. And but yeah, that is the goal of the tournament. Most definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to top that. I mean, what are you gonna do? I, I, and to be fair, uh, goal scoring hasn't been uh, anybody's forte. Speaking of Harry Kane uh, in this tournament, um, aside from Italy, <laughs> Italy's getting it off from every every which way. But teams have been scoring many goals uh, before before um, this weekend started. As a matter of fact, but um, man, Spain has as, been struggling. Yeah, Spain has been struggling. And I mean, speaking of struggling, should we get right to that? The team who came in depleted, and uh, we we figured that may be an issue, but it seems to be an issue. <laughs> but yes, Group E, another struggle. So, group, if you will. It's only a struggle because Spain can't finish for shit. The game against Sweden which was like a day or two after we recorded last week's set, was amazing for Spain on paper. 86% possession to 14 for Sweden, 917 passes with a 90% pass accuracy compared to Sweden stats who that are, you know, just scratching the surface. But they couldn't get a goal off. Avaro Morata had his finishing issues, say what you will. Gerardo Moreno had a good chance at the end of the game. Danny Olmo had a good chance, but Robin Olsen, the Swedish goalkeeper, who had a hell of a game in his own right, said no. And then on the other side for Sweden, you, you look at Olsen, who had a good game there, but you also look at Alexander Isak, who had himself a game as well. He, was, he also had his chances, but to no avail. And when you look at match day two, Alexander Isak was the player of the game for... Sweden against Slovakia, and rightfully so. But when you look at Spain, on the other hand, their game against Poland, which was Saturday, it started off kind of like, oh, shit, here we go again. Morata finds the back of the net, but it looked like he was way off. Look at the replay. He was kept right on side by, I think, um, Jan Benderak. I'm thinking, okay, do this again. Make yourselves comfortable. But they didn't. Robert Lewandowski scores for Poland, had a chance. Poland looked like they were out of the competition, and they would have been with the loss, but they're saved. 1-1 final there. That headed goal, he scored, power header, directed into the corner, and then even before then had a wild chance. Uh, yes. that he, beautiful touchdown there, half volley, just showing his class, saying that, listen, I'm going to get a goal regardless. And yes, he ended up it, getting one that saved him a point. Right, and first half, the chance that – hit the post, and Unai Simon was right there to, you know, stop any damage like he did against Sweden. I think the crazy thing with Spain is, though, that we saw Gerard Moreno's season, you know, wins the Europa League, is unbelievable in that tournament, scoring goals left, right, and center. Can't stop the man. Alvaro Morata, we know he is. He is who he is. Um, but, you know, we've had players, Ferran Torres, Dani Olmo, all these guys have been playing very well. And finishing. And Gerardo Moreno had a penalty that he missed, kissed the post, and Alvaro Morata couldn't get the tap in. Now, uh, obviously, you could say that, you know, their COVID issues and the fact that they weren't able to train together for quite some time could be an issue. I think um, another thing about it is the fact that I just think that Moreno, Moreno should be starting rather than Alvaro Morata. I mean, I'm not sure what Alvaro Morata brings to the table that Moreno doesn't. That gives him the start. Um, we mentioned uh, the chant, the chance in their first match that Moreno probably put would have put away. I don't think he misses that one on one uh, after a mishap from the defender. I think Moreno puts that away. We saw him miss a penalty. It happens, but yeah, they just can't buy a goal. They just can't do it. In the first game, they came out with Ferran Torres, Dani Olmo, and Alvaro Morata front three. In the second game, they replaced Torres with. Moreno, keeping Morata and Olmo. The front three should be Moreno, Torres, and Olmo. Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, Moreno needs to play at the number nine, um, Ferran Torres, and Daniel Yes, Like, that to me seems like a, a better recipe. And it's not like they have bad midfielders. They have players that can link, that can, you know, link the play. Uh, defensively, you can, to be fair, they haven't been too poor. Uh, not conceding many goals, but this is a tournament of little goals. I mean, despite a few games far uh, here and there, unless uh, you're playing against Italy. 
but yeah, the finishing issues are, I think may be able to be solved by giving Moreno the start. Tell Morata, hey man, uh, enjoy the bench. Why doesn't Tiago Alcantara start? And that's another great question. Uh, you could argue their best midfielder, you know, uh, especially with Busquets being uh, out because of COVID and this, that, and the third. Uh, Tiago Alcantara, clearly a, a class player, somebody who can do all the above, link play, make uh, dangerous runs, um, shoot from outside the box, you know, do everything. Um, Luis Enrique, man, uh, you, can, you know, we know he's had it tough. And obviously, COVID didn't make it any easier for him. And he also didn't make it any easier on himself by choosing two less players to, to have on his squad. But all good questions. Right. I feel like Thiago should be starting. Like you said, one of their best midfielders. Sure, his season wasn't the best this past season at Liverpool. But there were so many outside factors like COVID and injuries. But when he was on the field, whenever Liverpool wasn't asked, he was a factor for them. And with the national team, I say he's pretty good. So I would put him in, hopefully in their game against Slovakia, which is now a must win given that they only have two points right now. They need to figure out the lineup. Don't you gotta pin you gotta pin those pieces in. And then like you said, LV Morata, he did get the goal off, but you need a finisher. Yeah, and this tournament needs that as well for most teams it seems at this point. But Spain especially, they can't buy a goal, and Morata is not that guy who's gonna be who's gonna purchase that goal for them. So, uh, yeah, real, real tough road ahead for them, sitting in third, as you mentioned. You can't be wearing that number, not finishing. Exactly, you better put someone else on. <laughs> add, another, add another nine to that. <laughs> right. Give him a number two or something. Give him a defender number. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this brings us to the point that this is the Spanish team of old. This isn't David Villa. This isn't Fernando Torres. This is Alvaro Morata. No, not any of them. It's really sad to think about. And you would wish they had at least had Diego Costa. Yeah, at least. This team, at the he's, very a, least. he's a killer. He's a killer. I mean, he'll, he'll give you the energy and he'll finish some goals. At whatever age he's at, he takes care of business. But, yeah, that being said, I mean, that's pretty much all the notable moments from this, this week. Yes, sir. We will see the knockout start this weekend coming up. Yes, sir. Let's go to South America one time. Copa America, of course, is the other major competition going on. The oldest running tournament of nations in the world. In the footy world, at least. Boys! <laughs> Venezuela did hold Colombia to a draw. And that Venezuela team is getting <laughs> clouded with COVID. <laughs> Venezuela team is a skeleton crew. They got the uh, grave shift, the hash slinging slashers working. Anything that they do that isn't a loss is an achievement for them because they're going through it, and Bolsonaro doesn't give a shit. And they they got two points because they drew Ecuador today when we were recording. And if Valencia couldn't buy a goal, neither. Our Argentina versus Uruguay was an interesting match. We saw uh, Argentina score early and then pretty much defend the life of themselves over Luis Suarez and uh, Edinson Cavani. Couldn't get uh, a goal off to get the match finished 1-0. As far as Copa America goes lately, Brazil's been the most entertaining to watch. Neymar is back to his bullshit. I know Ronnie doesn't necessarily care about that, but Neymar has been on his bullshit, uh, nutmegging players, taking on four, five, six guys and dribbling through past them and looking at the goal and be like, nah, let me go back to the edge of the box and do that again. And then getting a foul wall and then a free kick and just doing all that, just putting on an absolute show. So you love to see it unless you're Ronnie, because then you hate to see it. But yeah, it's shaping up to be a Brazil-Argentina situation here. Uh, unless somebody else has something to say about it, but most other teams at the moment don't look like uh, they got much to say now. Yo, so it's going to be Brazil and Argentina? Oh, we shall see. It's uh, it's not there yet. We still have a, we still have a bunch of matches to so go. What happened with Colombia? What's that? Yeah. Was um, Hamas out? Yeah, he didn't get called up by Colombia. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Are you serious? He didn't get called up by Colombia. Oh, shoot. Oh, he bothered to get now. called up by um, Argentina. There was a lot of no call-ups. Yeah. What? Speaking of Colombia, they're playing right now uh, at time of recording against Peru and are down 2-1. to one. Peru is really good. I was talking to my uncle about that. I was still like a very good team. But then um, Chile is always good. But Peru is like really the big surprise for me. That's yeah. like literally the only team I've seen play with, without highlights. Interesting matchups on paper, at least. Brazil play Colombia match day four. 
on Wednesday. And then we've got uh, Argentina's remaining fixtures. They play Bolivia. We have Uruguay, Paraguay coming up. Quick shout out to Chile beating Bolivia on Friday. Um, it took Chile to have an Englishman score when England couldn't. <laughs> Mike Betterton, they call him Big Ben. He born wow. in Stoke to an English father, Chilean mother. Scored for Chile, one nothing result there. So yeah, um, shouts to that young lad. Just England do doing what they do, getting some finishing done that the actual English team can't do. As Ronnie, so <laughs> put it. Ronnie, our big bars. You can, well, you can see Ronnie's big bars uh, via the Footy Misfits Instagram at Footy Misfits. Wait, and you can do what, LV? You can follow follow up and find your piece at Footy Misfits on the instant gram, as Ronnie says. We do have Hello. to talk about a couple quick club points. You know where there wasn't peace? Spurs fucking up the managerial search game. Oh, my goodness. No, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. You had Paulo Fonseca lined up, but apparently he doesn't like English tax laws, I guess I'm hearing. I don't know. I don't know how that broke down, but it broke down. It coincided with Gennaro Cattuso saying, yeah, I don't really want to coach Fiorentina and leaving after two weeks. I've never seen a manager get sacked or fired or leave, uh, mutual or whatever they call it, without the season even starting, out in less than two weeks. That's a record. Gattuso, the scumbag of scumbags. Great player. Terrible coach, in my opinion. Um, oh, so that answers the question if you would have liked to see him at Spurs. It doesn't even matter because those talks fell through. Yes, they did. And I, 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 I'm not sure if it has something to do with this, but allegedly Spurs fans on Reddit found Daniel Levy's email and were emailing him by the thousand saying, if Gattuso comes in, then we are out. So, so with, I mean, that, with that knowledge, H-Men, if you find the Glazers' email, would you email them to them to get rid of Ole? Hell yeah, it's on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing Reddit, first of all, shout out to Reddit. You can get a lot of things from Reddit. But um, I would definitely email. It's just like I would be like everyone else. I would troll them. Professionally or get to the point, yo, get that man out of here. <laughs> you, got, you got to email him. Where your mom at? <laughs> <laughs> Where your mom do right now? Would you mom fire him? <laughs> if I know them cheap-ass Spurs, Daniel Levy's giving Ryan Mason 18 months, and then he's going to sack him as soon as another manager comes along the way, which might not be for another 18 months. We saw him give Tim Sherwood a year. Tim Sherwood, guys. You say, who's Tim Sherwood? Exactly. 10, 15 years when they say, who's Ryan Mason? Now we know. Before we move any further, Sergio Ramos, no longer Real Madrid. Yo, super sad the way it happened. I guess you may have predicted it, allegedly, from what I read, and I think from what he said. There was a, oh, uh, uh, this looks like it's news to H-Man. Go ahead. <laughs> Please explain. Like, wait, when did this happen? I need to know. I thought he was going to retire that time. So pretty much what happened was Sergio Ramos, uh, what happened? His contract, there was an offer. Sergio Ramos says by the time he was ready to accept the offer, the club said the offer wasn't there. And now Sergio Ramos will no longer be with Real Madrid. Very sad days for probably one of their most important and vocal leaders in the past, what, 10, 15 years? Wait, this is over money? Allegedly. Yeah, so I saw that Real Madrid offered him a one-year deal but Ramos wanted two more years, and apparently the deal expired on them, so they could no longer negotiate, and now he's out. The thing that had me crying, though, was that he said he didn't know it expired. <laughs> Fam, you got to fire your attorneys, bro. <laughs> That's wild. He's not a metropod or something. <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't know. I couldn't believe that shit. It's like signing up for your subscription. <laughs> nah, yeah, this is a whole contract. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but sad ending. Sad so, ending for uh, uh, Sergio Ramos there. Tottenham Hotspur. Like, yeah. He's going um, to the free transfer, guys. Juventus. <laughs> we can take it. Just got to stop, you know, getting yellow cards and red cards, but we'll take it. We'll just take it on Man United. Of course. <laughs> what is LeBron at home icing his knees? <laughs> yes, he is. H-Man yeah, texted me that yesterday. I said, Yo, you're still coming on the pod on Sunday? He goes, is LeBron at home icing his knees? <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> H-Man is here. And um, it, it, it wouldn't be complete without us talking about H-Man. You're, ha you're happy. You're jubilant. 
Tell us why. I'm mad hype right now because finally, homeland country, Sierra Leone made it to the Afghan. Oh, shout out to Kai Kamara from Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota United. That's our shooter right there. Big Kai Kamara. Yo, Get yo. it done, baby. He be getting it done. Yeah. Um, peeping game. Like, he's really like the leader of that team. And I saw different mode last year when. Um, they played Nigeria and it was like a four form, like it was a high scoring game. And I was yes, like, I saw three three. I think it ended right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, this is a different team now. It's like, and I'm hyped. They have like a, a new new management because most times it's like with those new man old management used to just take the money for themselves and just use it for their own families. But now they're using it for soccer. So. <laughs> That's really great. <laughs> oh, man. And, and the funny thing about Kai Kamara is he's a lot young. He's a lot older than I thought he was. Yeah. My boy's 36. Still. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it. The whole team is younger than he is. And then um, he's a great leader for them, though. I know, Ronnie, you, you love this, but um, he apparently took in work in MLS. And um, people have been telling me I watch that. Hey, man. <laughs> All I'm saying is that. A guy who is the MLS journeyman got you and Sierra Leone to AFCON. Right, right. I know. Both of them. And then um, what's another dude named Augustine Williams? He plays for LA Galaxy. Like, he's like, these are my WhatsApp conversations right now. Like, who are the people to, to watch for in the Sierra Leone team? And those are those two people. He plays for LA Galaxy, apparently. Apparently, he's on the come up, but he's also really good. And I'm just hyped that, like, we've, like, tied with Nigeria before. We could be... Nigeria now. I got to say that with confidence. We can beat Nigeria now. Hey, let's go. I like this. But and is, I, it, is it Joe Price better too? Hell yeah. First of all, Nigeria Love Price is all hype. It's a bunch of tomatoes and um, Ben's chili rice. And <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> it just, they have a lot of people, so they vote for each other. But it's all hype. <laughs> It's really not the best jollof rice. If someone's like, "Hey, come try this jollof rice," ask if it's from Nigeria. Say no. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some bullshit. No, but all I'm saying, no, it's like back to soccer, so I don't get shot. But um, uh, on, I'm really looking for them to like get in the pattern of going like every year because of the management team now. Like they really, I saw how the jerseys change. The jerseys used to be so, oh my God, lack of a better word, shitty. Like, but like the jerseys are now like getting like better stitched up and everything. I'm like, okay. And these players from like all over the globe are coming back to the country to play. So it's like not just like players from like Sierra Leone and club teams and like overseas just coming back. So it's like, I'm looking for big, big AFCON news, hopefully. Keeping our prayers up, keep your prayers up. But shout out to Sierra Leone though. Um, we have something to look forward for. It's been a long time coming. It's been a really long time. Since 96? Yeah. And, like, not having a national team. Kind of crazy, by the way. My dad, um, like, for the first teams, the, he coached, coached players that went to that 96 team. So it's like, when I talked oh. to him, well, when I talked to him, he was mad hype. All he was talking about is how um, finally the day has turned. The day has returned. It's like almost like we're in a walk up, but we're not in a walk up. And uh, if we're in a walk up, if we're in a walk up, I'm wilding out. If we if <laughs> get to the walk up, I'm wilding out, bro. I am like wild. I'm out. not mad at this. I, I know the feeling when Honduras first made the World Cup in like 30 years. I'm not mad at no. this. Yo, literally, I was mad hype. I'm like, yo, you don't be making these things. Like, we have a team, but. Like I said, the management uses their mo that money for themselves and their families, and they be taking cost trips everywhere. So, but now they're using it for the team, and that's amazing. Like that's putting like anything the team needs. They're not they were, like being like nice buses, so they care for the team more now, which I respect. So, Afcon's in January, so I'm looking forward to this. Yo, I, I have a team to root for. Well, yeah, thank you so much. Not Ghana, right? Just Silvio. Okay, that sounds like some bull shit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think Ghana, though, they have good jollof rice. But, <laughs> but yet again, if someone tells you to try Nigerian jollof rice, be like, okay, man, um, do I have to do this now or later? And ask if they have a balance. Um, it's hype. 
<laughs> um, I guess now's a good time to plug in the fact that our intro music to this podcast was a collaborative LV and H-Man product. The song is called Glowing, and it talks all about H-Man's upbringing, his life in Sierra Leone and Maryland and all that, so definitely check that out. Already snow. You already snow, snow. And LV, I know you are anxious. I was about to say, all this positivity is beautiful. It's beautiful enough, but good. Look, we here for the bullshit, y'all, so you know what time it is, Ronnie. It's that time. Yes, it's the week time. All right, I will go first. I got two slight ones. One of them is a little serious. I'll start with the serious one and go funny. Uh, first things first, Austria, North Macedonia, this past week, uh, the match finished in favor of Austria. North Macedonia did put up a bit of a fight, but Austria would have the last laugh. And Marco Arnautovic, former Stoke City striker, plays in God knows where at this point, scored the China. final... Plays in China. Uh, scores the uh, the final goal of the match to finish it 3-1. And while he's celebrating, says some uh, alleged nationalistic and discriminatory things towards Macedonians. This is during a celebration. He's yelling it at the players and the Macedonian fans. And his club, or his national team captain, David Alaba, a black man, walks up to him and grabs him by the mouth and says, shut your motherfucking mouth. And, uh, you know, sort of puts him in his place. Uh, Arnautovic, this is where the BS comes in. Arnautovic uh, later goes to Instagram and says, and I quote, I am not a racist. <laughs> you know, if you got to yell it from the top of your Instagram, it might mean quite the opposite. So, Marco Arnautovic, hey, <laughs> as H-Man said, uh, that's big BS. Uh, number two for me, it came when France played Germany in their first match of the Euro. Uh, overall, good match. France win 1-0. Paul Pogba being an essential player in that win. And German defender Antonio Rudiger just won a Champions League. Congrats to him. But for some, some reason, during the match, mid-match, out of nowhere, walks up to Paul Pogba as player stops and sensually nibbles on Pogba's jersey, like in his back. It looked like he thought about biting him and then realized that there was cameras on him and it was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> Gives him a bit of a bite, a weird bite, if you will. Uh, so BS to Antonio Rudiger fam. Cameras is on, bro. You're getting a little too sensual here. You're playing soccer. And Papa was looking at him like, fam, I'm married. Isn't that what we're doing here? <laughs> uh, yeah, BS of the week goes to those two and Antonio Rudiger hey, <laughs> Figure that out, fam. Chew your mouth guard like Steph Curry does, fam. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to that game. My one of my plethora of BSs of the week. But I'll keep it simple. I'm gonna name a few. But my first one came pre-match when a parachuter flew into the arena where France and Germany were playing in Munich. He apparently crashed with on some wires. The match had to be delayed by like five minutes. There were people who were injured. Didier Deschamps up was so close to getting his head cut off by the parachuter. He landed right in front of Antonio Rudiger. And the fact that that match got interrupted by the um, parachuter, but I think it was trying to, you know, support a cause. I think Greenpeace, I don't remember what it was exactly. Yeah, so that was one bit of BS. Uh, my other BS of the week, Gonzalo Higuain who thought that MLS would be easy, that he so much saw that he could walk and smoke a cigarette while playing and stuff. Wait, what? Wait, rewind, please. What? Okay, bet. Boom. So, Gonzalo Higuain spoke to, like, an Italian radio show. He thought he would come here and play with a cigarette in his mouth, and instead, MLS is difficult. Say what you want about MLS and stuff like that. Um, But... The real reason why Gonzalo Higuain is going to be as the week for those comments, you had a you have a brother who plays in MLS has been playing in MLS for a long time. Could you not talk to him? Like, hey man, how's MLS? He could have his facts. He's trying to disrespect the league. He could have his facts. <laughs> like, what you just tell me was disrespectful. <laughs> like, it's definitely disrespectful. I don't think he was thinking. I don't think he was thinking like fully what he was like how he did that. It's like, it's like, all right, so if Laurentin Pogba came to MLS, if Paul Pogba wanted to know about MLS, he could have asked his brother. That's what I'm saying. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah. And um, a special acknowledgement to Cristiano Ronaldo for not having it with Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's like choosing water, and now everybody's on that, moving the Coke bottle away from the press conference. Yeah, but do you think they overreacted, though? I mean, like, apparently they lost some stock. But they lost four billion in stock. That's yeah. nothing. I know they could get it back. <laughs> There's a kid in a village somewhere, Drew, like trying to like get a couple of dollars just to get a Coca-Cola. He did an advert for Coca-Cola back in the day. Yeah, people love Coca-Cola, man. They're gonna gain their money, like. But him moving it like that, I feel like it was. Do you think he knew what he was doing? I don't think he did it because you know, yeah. he was trying to fuck with Coca-Cola. Rather, he likes water. He likes water, but yeah, that's true. That's good. Well, Coca Cola. I don't expect the athlete like him drinking Coca Cola at that time. And right, then, then again, who really ever takes the Coca Cola from like the table where you're doing the presser? It's just there for decoration. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, oh, why did you put it there? So is, was it their fault? Why did they put it there? That's what, that's what I'm saying. But um, yeah, um, those are some BSs of the week. So shout out to Footy Misfits for what they doing. Holding the block down with the sport info and holding us down all around the world from Copa, Euro, and AFCON. Don't forget AFCON. You're Let's go. Very snow, snow. Shout out, shout out to the Foodie Misfits, Big 46. Big 46. Um, don't mess with them. About to be 50. 50 coming up soon for more episodes. Shout out to my ninjas, LVs. My man Spence, man. Spence, Spence, and the ones and twos. You know, he's pretty quiet. He's over there like a church mouse, but he's still dropping back. But he, he got it. He got it. And that's my nigga, Ronnie. Ronnie, want to pass it back to you? Thanks for coming, H-Man Coger. We appreciate it. We definitely need you back on the podcast much more often. Can't be doing these long-ass gaps between episode 10 no, and 46. 10 and 46? Let's go. Like, please, don't let 36 episodes pass. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to do better on our part, but we appreciate you for pulling up. Again, for you guys who are new, check out Tumblr Music. Yeah, 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 yeah. You already know. Sydney coming soon, man. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm waiting for it. I know. Drop it when it's ready. Come on the Misfits again. Drop it here. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be dope. That would be dope. I would really like that. I just want to capture um good visuals for it. You it's... do that. We're ready for it. Oh, you already know. Ronnie got the exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, for the good brother LV, Data Death Spence Esquire Povich, H Man. I go by the name of Ronnie. We'll see you on episode forty. Seven of the Finny Misfits. Big 46, boss. <laughs> and again, thanks for keeping tabs with us on social media. Adios, everybody. Peace.